Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. No need for the calculator here, Poindexter. We're average Joes who are passionate fans. This is for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagle Podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Today, we're going to wrap up the baseball season. We figured we'd get a few uh, little more topics about baseball thrown in. I am joined tonight by two incredible gentlemen and scholars, Mr. Lane Brady and Mr. Pate Thagger. What's up, guys? What's up, Chuck? Hey, guys. Glad to be here. We got a lot of stuff to unpack tonight. Well, baseball season, just to recap this season, we just lived here at Southern Miss. It has been a historic baseball season this year. It has. And to the listeners out there, I just want to let you all know, we're going to keep having content throughout the entire summer. If you haven't noticed, we've been putting out interviews the entire summer, even though there aren't any games to really cover Mm-hmm. we're still going to have content that you're going to want to listen to and keep up with. So keep, yeah, keep watching us, keep listening to us, and we'll be back with this same show with the same segments and everything when football season shows up. But till then, uh, you know, keep tuning in. We're trying to give you as much as we can here during the summer. Correct. And if you have any uh, show ideas or people you want us to see if we can get on and talk and hear their story, uh, make sure to email us or, or shoot us a message on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and we, oh, yeah. And we've really enjoyed getting your questions from you guys oh, for yeah. the guys that we're interviewing and stuff. So stay. If you aren't already following us on social media, go ahead and do that and stay tuned on social media because, again, it's a podcast for Southern Miss fans by the Southern Miss fans. We're trying to get you guys involved as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like hearing what you have to say and what you want to do. You know, if you want to come on the show and be one of our guests during football season, you know, send us a direct message, you know, hit us up. And if you, you know, I think, I think we're, we're thinking about doing something with like our pickums, uh, to try Mm -hmm. to get some of y'all's pickums put in there with us and stuff like that. So just stay tuned as we keep going right now, we're fielding questions for interviews and, when we get to our everyday football show, uh, you know, stay tuned. We're going to try to get you guys involved as much as we can. Yes, we will. For sure. But tonight, right now, we're going to kick off with some baseball stuff. Um, so, Harry Carey, start us off here. Holy cow! All right, so the first thing I want to mention is... Um, you know, the cosmetic stuff that's been done to Pete Taylor Park. You know, obviously we got the new turf um, a couple of years ago, but this year we got new lights and a new scoreboard. And if you don't know much about the scoreboard, you know, it's 30 feet high by like 49 feet wide. It's going to have Trackman baseball system with it, which is going to give us the distance for home runs, exit velocity. Um, big things can be done on this scoreboard. I'm, I'm ready to see. Some hype videos. I mean, they had one that was really, really good. I can't wait to see more. We're going to see some replay, I think. Um, and then, of course, the lights. You know, we uh, we all started chanting, uh, give us a light show to to Will and to Sergeant and all them. And I think 
you know, I think it was Scott Berry said at one time that ever since they installed their own workout gym, that they have won or shared the regular season or conference tournament championship every single year because of that. So when you invest in the facilities, you're investing in players, you're investing in fans, um, things like that. What do y'all think about the new lights and the new scoreboard? I think it just enhances the overall experience. I mean, I, it's you're getting so much more information. Every time those guys come up to the plate, you're getting all their stats for the season. You're getting, uh, like you said, you're getting the distance on home runs. You're getting. It's just a much better, I guess, system to look at and see what's happening during the game. And then the light shows are awesome. I feel like I'm at a, you mm-hmm. know, you feel like you're at a rock show whenever we hit a home run. It's awesome. So. I think it's fun for the players. I think it helps with recruiting. I think recruits see that and notice that and enjoy that. And, you know, as far as the weight room goes, that hard work ethic that we have here at Southern Miss, it would translate over to a weight room and translate over to wins on a field Mm -hmm. when you get upgrade that. So definitely our facilities are trending in the right direction. I know Coach Berry still has a lot of plans in his mind for what he wants to do with the place. and. A lot of exciting things, so hopefully we just keep this trend moving of moving on up and upgrading stuff. Moving on up, moving on up. Yeah, it's just so awesome to see what this team and Coach Barry and all the staff have done with these facilities over the years. And so just seeing it all uh, continue to progress is just really exciting to see where our baseball program is headed. A little bit more for me, for some of my holy cows, I, I'm looking at uh, – Gabe Montenegro, Will McGillis, receiving the All-Academic Awards for Conference USA. You know, like we were talking about the other day, we were talking with uh, Samantha Papp about what it means to be a student-athlete. And boy, does that come with its own challenges, for sure. I mean, it's uh, definitely no cakewalk, um, at least in my book, because whenever you're traveling, you are dealing with work, family, school, um, athletics, all this stuff. To make those grades and to receive those awards, that's like that's just incredible in my eyes. And so uh, congratulations to both of them on making those awards this year. For sure. Way to go, guys. It takes a lot of hard work to, to be able to mm-hmm. succeed on both ends of this. And so dedication for sure. And, and just knowing those two guys, it's not surprising that they won. <laughs> you know, like, it's not like we saw it and we were, oh, my goodness, Will McGillis and, right. and Gabe Montenegro were good in the classroom, too. You know, that wasn't a surprise. Mm-hmm. We already knew that about these guys. But it's just good to see them get, get you know, uh, recognized for their efforts there. Uh, mm-hmm. And my holy cow uh, – is basically bidding farewell to three seniors here that we had this past season. Uh, you know, we, we had three seniors going into it. Well, we had one of them. It was his first year with us. And uh, these three seniors have contributed a lot to this program. Uh, I just want to highlight them and talk about them for just a minute here. The first one, me and Gabe Montenegro. I don't really know what you can say to – Thank Gabe Montenegro enough for what he's done at Southern Miss. Uh, the guy has – he has the record for the most games played at Southern Miss. He has the record for the most at-bats recorded and the record for the most singles hit. 
uh, in his career. Now, he played for us for five years. One of those was a COVID short mm-hmm. year. So he played from the day he stepped on campus. He was one of the guys. He was one of the go-to guys. And he played five seasons for us. And in those five seasons, he amassed a three thirteen batting average, which is impressive. 14 Very home good. runs overall. Uh, but really, guys, that, that just kind of – points to what he does best with the batting average he with a 313 batting it's hard to get a 300 batting average in a season this guy did it for Mm -hmm. five years um his home base Mm -hmm. percentage was 406 you know he always showed the ability to be able to work the strike zone and find a way to get on base so gabe you know thank you for your efforts he he really he was he was the mayor of baseball for a reason it was another one Absolutely. And another one's Drew Boyd. Uh, he was a senior this past year. Now, Drew, he had kind of a different pathway. Drew came in and he was hurt. And then he got back to being healthy again, then got hurt again before he ever even stepped back on a mound. Uh, Drew actually was like a fourth-year freshman at one point, something like that. It was a, it was a crazy number there. He, he had so many medical red shirts. But Drew, he played in the 2020, 2021, 2022 season. 2021 is where he saw his most work. Uh, he was our midweek guy most of the season that year. Um, to me, the most memorable start he had was against Ole Miss. He had a pretty good start against Ole Miss that season. Um, and so, and, and he had a pretty good relief appearance this year against Tulane. I, those are the two that I remember most about Drew. I know he started – uh, in the regionals last year against, I think it was Florida State, he had a start against them. So he started some pretty big games for us in his career. Definitely grateful for Drew Boyd and for his efforts he's done. And he's another one that he handles his business on and off the field really well. So, And then the other one was a newcomer. Um, so we had Hunter Riggins come in this year. By the way, guys, I met Hunter Riggins out in the roost the night LSU played uh, Kennesaw State. We were out in the roost, and Riggins was walking by. And I, I don't know. He probably thinks I'm weird for this, but I literally approached him. And was like, "Are you Hunter?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> so his wow. picture and stuff. I just wanted Security. to meet the guy. You know, it was yeah. kind of weird. You know, but <laughs> I just I just went up to him and, and just flat out asked him, "Hey, are you Hunter Riggins?" He said, "Yeah." And we we stood there and talked a while. He's just a great young man. He's I enjoyed getting to talk to him. He's a great guy. He was he enjoyed his time here at Southern Miss. We only had him one year. Wish we had him for four or five years, but we only had him mm-hmm. for one. But in that one, he had a two fifty nine ERA, went eight and four on the season, and uh, had eighty five strikeouts and ninety seven point one innings pitch. So those three seniors to me, that was my holy cow. Just you know, bidding farewell to these three guys who have put a lot into our program. Absolutely. No doubt about that. Another thing we're saying goodbye to is Conference USA. Um, And we finished out regular season champs. We posted a 47-19 overall record with a uh, 23-7 conference record. So we... um, Actually, the regular season stats were uh, 39-14 and a 21-7. We got those other two conference wins in the Conference USA tournament. 
But guys, when we took first place, we did not give up that top spot all for 10 weeks. We won uh, first place by three games. So that's a total of six times we were regular season champs in Conference USA. And a uh, cool bit of history here. Um, P. Taylor Park hosted the very first Conference USA baseball tournament and USM's last Conference USA baseball tournament. So I thought that wow. was really, yeah, really, really cool to to end the conference um, at P. Taylor Park. Wish it could have ended a little different, but um, a heck of a regular season. Um, 39-14 overall with a 21-7 uh, record in the conference. That's that's hard to do, guys. I mean, Conference USA had some good baseball teams. Yeah, they did. Yeah, no those, doubt. Yeah, and those teams, you know, they we got several of them into the postseason and stuff. I thought we should have had a few more, but you know, the con- Conference USA. It over time of us being in this conference, we witnessed teams come into the conference like a UTSA, right. an Old Dominion, and a Charlotte come into the conference mm-hmm. as a relative unknown in baseball and work their way up to being, you know, every year, year by year uh, on the bubble to make the NCAA regionals. Right. So we did see the conference get better over time. To me, when I think about Conference USA, my mind goes to uh, back when we had the, the double cutoff play against Rice to throw the runner out at home and we won the conference championship at home. Right. To me, mm-hmm. you know, I've read about that and a sports writer, I think this was Munns who said this, it was like the passing of the torch moment where we took the conference from Rice and we pretty much went on a historic run there of winning regular season championships and conference tournaments and Stuff like that. We've had a really good run in this conference. I'm looking forward to new challenges next year. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, well, speaking of Conference USA, um, Coach Christian Ostrander won Assistant Coach of the Year for Conference USA. Another mm-hmm. great notable. I mean, in my opinion, he should be uh, Assistant Coach of the Year for the entire NCAA. Like, what he has done with this program and bringing in these guys and just, I mean, we're number two pitching staff this year for a reason. And coach Ostrander has definitely shown uh, what he can do um, with these guys, like the notable names, Riggins, Hall, Waldrop, and and just the whole bullpen. They, they just done an incredible job this year. I mean, we call him the wizard for a reason. Very true. Yeah, he's he is very very. We're very fortunate to have him. He's very very yes, good. Yes, we are. So hopefully mm-hmm. we'll have him for a long time to come. I'm speaking mm-hmm. to my worries that I've had over the past few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> we, we breathed a sigh of relief when uh, Wes got hired from the didn't we from uh-huh. from the Twins Man, LSU. Yeah, from the Twins. Every time I see something that says like. National LSU scoop or, or anything like that. Yeah. I just start holding my breath. Like, mm. come on. <laughs> yeah. Don't get no me wrong. Joke. I want Coach Oz to succeed right. and go wherever mm. he wants to go and do everything big. But selfishly, I want to see him back in a Southern Miss uniform next year. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we're on Conference USA. We'll keep going through some of these other Conference USA honors our guys got. Uh, Coach Barry got Coach of the Year, which – Seems pretty obvious there with that one. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then, so our all-conference teams, uh, on the first team, we had Tanner Hall, Hurston Waldrop, and Landon Harper. All three of them made that all-conference team. We'll come back and talk about Tanner and Hurston a little bit later in the show. Uh, the second team, Dustin Dickerson made that one. Um, you know, he was very consistent all season, had a very high batting average and a very good fielding percentage. He's a, he's a good shortstop. And then the all-freshman team for Conference USA was uh, Carson Pato. He made that one. So, uh, you know, those five guys really – congratulations to them. They really went out on, went out with a bang in our conference. So Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're right. You know, uh, Coach Barry did get Coach of the Year, but something else he achieved this year was becoming the winningest coach in Southern Miss baseball history, passing Corky Palmer and Hill Benson. And those are some top-notch guys. Those are your average um, coaches there. So he actually got it May 1st against UAB with a 9-6 to victory. And, uh, guys, you realize in 2023 – Scott Berry potentially could reach 500 wins. So right now mm. he has 482 wins under his belt at Southern Miss. So he is just, what is that, 18 from 500? Yeah. 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 Scott Berry said this. Um, this he, he quoted this on his first visit uh, to Southern Miss back in like the early 90s. We were all babies and kids. And this is a quote from him. I just loved it. The warm weather, the backdrop, everything about the park. Man, I knew if I ever got the chance, this is where I want to coach. And for him to, you know, for that to come full circle and for him Mm. to, you know, be knocking on the door of 500 wins, that's just, I mean, Scott Berry is a phenomenal baseball coach on and off the field for these guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, did you have anything else you want to say about Coach Barry with that? Oh, well, I can definitely say, uh, you know, going into this, this is actually his sixth year in a row at this team. So that's four, 40 wins, uh, six years running on him. And so, I mean, I, I really can't say I'm surprised uh, seeing where he's taken this a ball club over the years, mm-hmm. um, especially since uh, like what was it like six seven years ago? I started coming to these games. Uh, Chuck was the one who invited me, and I've uh, been a season ticket holder ever since. Yeah. And uh, I mean, for real, like Barry has just been uh, killing it, uh, keeping that streak going. And I I see him uh, continuing to do that as long as he's still coaching here. I can definitely see that record continuing. I agree. And guys, forty wins—that's an elite season. Mm-hmm. It is. You are an elite baseball team if you get forty wins. The man's mm-hmm. done it. What is it? How many? What was the number? Six times in a row. Six, yeah. six times as of this year. And, and guys, if you've ever had a chance to meet Coach Barry, he is the most humble dude mm-hmm. you could ever. If you didn't he know is. what he looked like, you you wouldn't know that was the head coach at Southern Miss. He's a great dude. We're fortunate to have him, and it's just been really fun watching him take this program, make it his own. You know, I was a student here when when Coach Palmer retired, and it's been fun just to watch Coach Barry take over this program, make it his own, and uh, take it to new heights that 
uh, you know, we hadn't seen before in terms of how consistent we are every single year. So, right. mm-hmm. yeah. And speaking of uh, of taking it to new heights here, guys, this year, another holy cow moment for me this year was us hitting number four overall in the country. That was in the D1 baseball ranking. Um, I actually looked today. I think it was Baseball America or Perfect Game. It was Perfect Game, I believe, had us at number three overall at one point. Guys, we were a top five team at one point this season. Mm-hmm. And I know what matters the most is where you finish. But, man, there was something about me waking up that morning and looking down at my phone and seeing Southern Miss in the top five right. uh, in the country. That's we're, We've had a lot of consistency. We're a great baseball program, great baseball school. We know that. But it's just something different whenever the whole country recognizes you like that. Mm-hmm. Right. You're right. You're right, Lane. And um, one of the reasons I think that that happened, and I think we can all agree, is because we had one of the best pitching staffs in the nation, second only to Tennessee. Um, uh, pop quiz, do you all know how many strikeouts we ended up with uh, this year? Take a guess. I have the Total stats strikeout. pulled up in front of me, so I feel like this is <laughs> Okay, all right, we'll let we'll let Pate guess then. We'll let Pate. Pate, give me a number, man. Oh man, uh, strikeouts! Wow, good lord, it's a good number, Pate. It is it's a, a good, good number. A good well, I'm number. sure it is. I'm sure it is. I don't want to undersell these guys. They because they've just been killing it. Like, wow. I, I, I'll give you a hint. It's more than five hundred. Oh man, I was like thinking like somewhere between four fifty and five hundred. No, seven hundred and forty six strikeouts. Good Lord Almighty. There were forty six games with ten or more K's. Forty six oh. games with ten or more strikeouts. And obviously it was led by the three headed monster of, you know, Hunter Riggins, Tanner Hall, Houston Waldrop. Um Listen to this. Listen to this. So, uh, Hunter Riggins, uh, Lane said earlier, had a 2.59 ERA waiting for. Opponents were batting 232 against him, and he had an 85 to 21 strikeout to walk ratio. Tanner Hall, y'all, Tanner Hall, who this is only his first year as a starter, mm-hmm. like the whole season, had a 2.81 ERA, 9 and 3. Opponents were batting .233 against him. Are you ready for this? 146 strikeouts to 14 walks. That is almost unheard of, guys. And then you you round it out with uh, Waldrop with a 320 ERA, 6-2 win. Uh, People batting .213 against him. And then he had 140 strikeouts to 33 walks. And then if you want to go into the uh, the bullpen of Rogers, Ramsey, Harper, Stewart, Storm, Rhodes, all those guys. Um, that's we had a phenomenal bullpen. Rogers ended with a 1.95 ERA. Uh, Ramsey with a 2.61. Uh, Landon had had a few uh, bumps in the road. Uh, you know those last couple of games, so his ERA kind of went up, but he still had a 50 um, strikeouts to nine walk ratio. That's crazy. Um, and, Insane. So what do you think batters were batting against Dalton Rogers? 
Like, what do you think their average was? Here's a hint, Pete. It's really low. It's really <laughs> low. It is point one two eight batting average against Dalton Rogers. That's not crazy. Mm. Um, wow. So the future is bright if we can, um, you know, transfer portal closes and yeah, and a these are better days, than we, video if, yeah. game numbers. People yes, say video yes. game. This is better. Like I've never done this on a video game when I was growing. Like never. when I was playing baseball games, it's unbelievable. When you were growing up, you mean last week, Lane? <laughs> yeah, last week. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't front. We know we all play the show. That's right. But yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. I mean, good lord, I definitely undersold those guys. But I mean, they're. I can't really say I'm shocked in the least bit. So with this pitching staff. Uh, I wanted to kind of go into a little bit more uh, into some uh, Pete Taylor Park records here. Um, we have actually uh, uh, set multiple attendance records this year. Um, we actually had in our top 20 uh, most attended games, out of how many of those games do y'all think we're from this year. Uh, Ooh, three. good question. Five? Oh, yeah. It's a, out of our top 20 most attended games, eight of those games are from 2022. Oh, wow. Almost eight 50%. Of, wow. Yeah, of our top 20 most attended games. And then our top 10, uh, same question. Three. How many of those games? Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know how to guess this. Five? <laughs> I'm going to go five again. Uh-huh. It was four. Four. four yeah. So I'm telling y'all, like, we have, like, we've been packing the peat this year. A lot of those games have come from, most of them were either from Old Miss or La Tech. Our top attended game was. 6,346, that was versus Ole Miss on May 12th. That was our our highest attended game at Pete Taylor Park in history and uh, our highest attended non-conference game. Uh, number two was actually um, against La Tech on April 2nd, and that attendance was 5,706, and that's our highest uh, hosted conference game at Pete Taylor Park. So, I mean, just absolutely incredible numbers. And so, what I like, whenever I was looking at the chart to see, like, these top-attended games, like, whenever I kept saying, uh, or whenever I kept seeing uh, 22, 22, 22, I was like, man, the fans have just been showing out this year. Like, it's just been incredible to see that. Well, yeah, Pete, I mean, that's that's kind of what we've done. We pack the peat. That's what Southern Miss fans take pride in doing. And it's easy to do when you've got players that are putting up the numbers like our guys are. And, and guys, I mentioned the conference honors, uh, and Chuck mentioned some of the, uh, some of the pitching staff mentioned our pitchers and how great they were. We had a lot of other awards going our, our guys way at the end of this season too. So, I want to highlight a couple awards that went to some of these pitchers here. Uh, Tanner Hall won the Ferris Trophy this year, which is given to the best player in the state in baseball. He becomes the fourth Golden Eagle to win it. 
uh, and the first pitcher to win it says 2018 when Nick Sandlin won it. So uh, great job by him. Tanner Hall was also um, on many, many rankings. He was a first-team All-American. On most of the rankings you can find, Tanner was a first-team All-American. He won the Conference USA Pitcher of the Year Award. And Hurston Waldrop, he was in there as a third-team All-American on D1 Baseball's rating rankings. I saw that today, too. So uh, Tanner Hall, Hurston Waldrop, they were definitely bringing in some uh, end-of-the-year mm-hmm. They, they were bringing in some hardware at the end of the year. They were filling up trophy cases at home. So, um, again, you know, Pete mentioned the environment we had at the Pete. It brings a big crowd out there when you got guys that are putting up numbers like that and that are bringing in awards like that. So, Oh, you're absolutely right, Lane. Um, you know, they always say the you know, pitching win championship, but home runs put people in the, in the seats. And, uh, Southern Miss had no shortage of home runs, but I want to put I want to put this season into perspective for y'all. Um, earlier in our Everyday Eagle podcast uh, world, I interviewed Scott Barry, and he said that um, the 2020 team it was 2019 when I interviewed him uh, that the 2020 team was going to be a little di- a little bit different um, than his past teams because they're not going to have as much pop or as much home run as much power. A lot of them who hit for contact or whatever. So 2019, Matt Walner's last year, remember he broke single season Southern Miss home run record with 23 home runs. How many total home runs do you think we had in 2019? Take a guess. Again, it's not fair if I guess right now. So, Pete, take right. off. <laughs> you guys listening at home, say out loud your answer right now. Hmm. In 2019, home runs. Now keep in um, mind, Matt Walner had 23, so you know it's more than 23. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to say, what, close to 70? Actually, very good, very good, Pete. We had 67 home runs in 2019. Oh, oh um, wow. We had 82 home runs this year. Uh, mm. That is the second time in history um, we've had back-to-back 80-plus home runs. So 2021, we had like 80-something home runs. This year, we had 82 home runs. Uh, we had five players with 10 or more home runs. Um, Sarge obviously leading with 21. Uh, and it's the first time since what year five different players had double-digit home runs. Anybody want to take a guess? Ooh. Lane, do you know that? You don't have that. I don't have that one pulled up. Dignabit. The one stat he doesn't have. Let me think The here. first time in what year, since what year, we had five different players with double-digit home runs. Hmm. It's going to blow your mind. See, I'm going back to, like, big hitters. Yeah. But all those teams had, like, two big hitters or three big yeah. hitters. Um, I'm going to say, oh boy, like 2003. Okay. Hey, what about you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say, uh, somewhere around early 2000s, 2003, 2004. All right. Y'all want the answer? Yeah. 
the first time since 1998, five different players had double-digit home runs. Wow. 1998, y'all. What? We don't, we don't have listeners that old. Wow. So, yeah. So, um, a lot, you know. Good work, Chuck. Yes. Yes. What a great stat. 1998. So, we, the future is bright, guys, is what I'm saying. And we, you know, obviously we, we picked up some bats, and we'll talk about that a little later. But um, I, I think we do, I think we get close to 90 home runs next year. I'm claiming it. I'm calling it. No joke about that one. Well, you know, one of the guys who hit the home runs, who hit the over 10 home runs was Carson Pato. Guys, he brought in, a, a big thing for me was he was he was named a freshman All-American. He's the first mm. one since Ben Etheridge got it uh, back a few years ago. Um, Carson Pato won freshman All-American. Here's his stat line for you here. Keep in mind, he is a freshman. I think he's a redshirt freshman. As I do remember he was on the team yeah. last year. Uh, red shirt freshman out of Van Cleve High School. Okay. Uh, for one, he is a massive kid at the plate. He does not look like a freshman. He looks like a Division One defensive end is what he looks like <laughs> to me. Okay. He's just a big kid. He doesn't look like a freshman. He doesn't play like one either. His batting average on the season was 271. All right. He had 15 doubles, 16 home runs, and 48 RBIs and a 546 slugging percentage. Uh, that 546 slugging percentage put him in first on the team. So we literally had a freshman who had the highest slugging percentage on our team right there. Um, and stole a few bases, too. He was four mm-hmm. for seven on steals. So Peto is a very exciting young player to watch. I look forward to seeing how he develops and what he becomes But before he leaves us. You know, I think he could be a – you know, I, I hate to throw out other guys and say he could be the next Matt Walker yeah, or something yeah. like that because Peyto's mm-hmm. his own guy. You know, he he's is. gonna have his own game, he's gonna have his own style and do his own thing. But I could definitely see him being a, a pretty high draft pick before he's done and all that. So Peyto power. No doubt. Peyto bring in the payload. Yeah, and it's it's guys like him and just our entire team that uh, they kind of help us set this this record that we have in terms of season tickets that we've we've been just been growing for years. And I, I actually want to ask you guys this: um, before uh, 2022, in the year 2020, had our uh, highest season ticket uh, purchases. How many season tickets did we set in the year 2020? Anyone want to take a guess? I'm going to say 2,100. All right, Lane. Well, I have that stat. I had a number. I had a number in my head, but Chuck just went way past it, so I'm kind of nervous now to answer. You should. Uh, you should do the prices right method of like twenty one oh one. I mean, I'm going to say. I guess I'll stick with it and say fifteen hundred. Well, you are both uh, both wrong. It was one thousand seven hundred and seventy-one. Okay. 
set in the year 2020. Again, this was that uh, COVID year. I won because I didn't go over. Continue. That's true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you won. You didn't go over. Drew Carey would be proud. He he would be very proud. But in this past year, we actually exceeded. Are you are you guys ready for this? Twenty five hundred tickets. Wow. I mean, this is just absolutely insane to me, um, especially considering this past year, they pretty much said that all the chairbacks were taken. Right. Like, it was just absolutely incredible to see that, you know, especially like those, uh, uh, whenever we were playing La Tech, obviously, whenever we play Ole Miss, like the place was just packed out like sardines. And so... You know, those are those are the kind of games that just really you know get you off your feet, and you know, I mean, we're all you know packed in there pretty uh, pretty tight, but uh, it's definitely those high energy games that just really get the peak going on that, and I'm just really excited to see uh, where uh, season tickets go from here. True story. Oh yeah, no doubt, and that, and we see that. Obviously, the advantages of buying season tickets whenever we get to some postseason action, you mm-hmm. know, in Hattiesburg, obviously, season ticket holders and Eagle Club members got first priority, and it went quick when postseason yeah. came around. Yeah. So, I know, I know Chuck but, wanted to talk a little bit about yeah, both the postseason, about both the regional and, and our, you know, opponents there and what we accomplished in our regional. So, Chuck. Take it away and talk to us a little bit about what impressed you about our regional. So, obviously, you know, this is only the third time in uh, school history that we hosted a regional, 2017, obviously. Being the last year, um, we found out Sunday night that Southern Miss was one of the top 16 teams and we would be hosting a regional. And uh, I, I got on when they released it on Twitter, I screamed. I was like, let's go. I think I scared a couple of people. Um, and obviously Tanner Hall had a stellar, uh, game against army, you know, two and two Oh, uh, shut out. Um, and then we have that Carfunkel, um, whatever you want to call it to LSU where we gave up four runs in the bottom of the ninth. Um, Mm -hmm. and then eventually lost that game. Guys, do you know in what time frame we had to win three games? So we had to play, if we were going to win the regional, we had to play three games and win all three. In 27 hours, y'all. Wow. Three games in 27 hours. Um, obviously, we beat Kennesaw State in 10 innings when Sargent, you know, hit that game-winning RBI. Um, and then, again, you know, storm warning, you know, uh, lights out against LSU. Got to win 8-4. to four. And then that Monday, y'all, um, gosh, like, if you were not there that Monday, like, I feel bad for you. Like, I sincerely do. Um, that was a back-and-forth game. We were sitting on the edge of our seats, biting our nails. Um, but when we finally got that last out, uh, when uh, Tyler Stewart struck him out to get that 8-7 win to win our first regional since 2009 and the first regional ever at Southern Miss uh, home, um, and then the crowd started chanting, we brought it, uh, we brought it. So... I thought, you know, and it, it was especially sweet because we eliminated LSU because they they had this, 
you know, on Twitter and Facebook and all this, they, the Hattiesburg takeover is what they kept saying. Um, Mm. and our fans showed up and showed out. And I, I really think, and I think Scott Barry and the guys will give uh, the fans credit. Uh, we gave them some energy, especially having to win three games in 27 hours. Um, that's a lot. Uh, so we beat LSU if we didn't, you know, do anything else this year. That made me happy, but it was it was a banner year. That was some of the most fun I've ever had at baseball games. Right. That uh that Saturday or the Sunday night game when Storm came in and just took over. Ooh. That was one of my favorite games of all time. I was sitting next to you guys and had some other buddies of mine with me, and it was just fun to enjoy it with a group of friends. You know, I think we got separated on Monday. But mm-hmm. Sunday, we were all sitting together. We were able to celebrate together and cheer loud together and, you know, talk bad about LSU's players together and all that. Right, right. <laughs> Just have a good time, man. We were rowdy as we could be, and that was the rowdy. most fun. Guys, that was, was the most fun baseball game I've ever been to was that Sunday Absolutely. night game. You know, it's, a, it's who you're with, and it's the atmosphere, and it's the opponent and what we did that night. That was just a really good night. You know, that's it's one of those games you'll never forget, honestly. We were there, and it was a ton of excitement. I was scared to death in the eighth inning. And I've got to, I've got to admit, I've gone back and watched the uh, Southern Miss LSU highlights on YouTube probably about five or six times, even though I know it's going to happen. It's just, you know, when, when Tyler Shure gets that last strike out and he throws his glove up in the air, it's just it's a magical moment. Oh yeah, and then yeah, that that just that weekend probably takes my new spot as my new favorite Southern Miss moment. Mm-hmm. Like it really does. Like that's how electrifying it was that whole weekend. Electrifying. You just had a group of people who were so passionate about winning that game. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was nothing else on people's minds. They weren't in there talking about what they're doing. Whenever, like. You know, they weren't in there just trying to relax and enjoy a ball game. It was a group of people. It genuinely felt like every fan at Pete Taylor Park that day was had a uniform on and was strapping right. it up ready to go. That's mm-hmm. general. That's genuinely the way it felt. We were all so in tune with the game. It was that was a great moment, and it led it to another great moment here. Um, obviously, the result wasn't what we wanted in our super regional, but. If you had told me going into the season that we were going to host a super regional, I would have been thrilled as I could as I could have been. You know, I we hosted a regional in 2017, didn't get out of it, broke my heart. And I remember ever since then, guys, on my mind, I was just thinking, I want us to get to the point to where we are a regional and possible super regional host every single year. And I right. think this year hosting that super really – you just saw it. You saw what happened. You saw it come to life right in front of your eyes. Something that I think every Southern Miss fan wants to be. We want to be a super regional host here. We want to be a national seed every year. Right. You know, I don't think that's crazy of us to want that. You know, that's that's what we want here in Hattiesburg. It's not out of the, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, and we and we got to see it happen in front of our own own eyes uh, that weekend. You know, it was it was great to be able to host it. Unfortunately, we ran into a team who 
was the hottest team in college baseball at the time. Right. You know, it hurts. Well, ended up, ended up being that for the rest of the, the remainder of the season, they were the hottest team, too. Yeah, so. I mean, it hurt that we lost it, but I'll tell y'all, man, the fact that we hosted a Super took mm-hmm. us to a new level, and it was – it was it it was a special weekend, even though it didn't it turn out the way we wanted it to. It was still special to be able to host it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, uh, that's a wrap on the uh, you know our our uh, holy cows. So why don't we look to the future and start talking about our can't waits? Can't wait. And uh, speaking of can't waits, uh, my can't wait is really the. I can't wait to see how the fans react uh, coming off a season like we just had. You know, I mean, definitely toward the end of the season, it was just really electrifying. And, I mean, the energy was definitely there. So I really hope that translate in going into the 2023 season that we just continue to pack the peat and uh, bring that that fire and that energy and uh, just keep that going. It's just Uh, really incredible to see that. Um, Like, especially, I think I would also encourage uh, some of our fans, like if you have season tickets or you have tickets and you know that you're not going to be able to make it to a game, I mean, I would highly encourage you to, uh, to get those tickets away to someone that'll be there, you know, just so that we can continue to bring people into the peat and just bring that fire that we've just been continuing to strive to bring. Cause you know, we got to continue to uh, be behind our players uh, moving forward and continue to support this baseball program. Amen. Yeah, and, and you know, we talked about breaking records last year with the most attendance. I don't think you could have packed anybody else in there for that old Miss. No. So I think it's pretty uh, safe no. to say when you hit around 6,000, you're pretty much at capacity at P.J. Yeah. Park. Well, guys, there's not <laughs> there's no reason – well, we shouldn't have <coughs> five to six thousand people in our ballpark every single week. Right. There's no reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at it, you know, we're about to hit football season. You're about to see astronomical numbers of people attending sports events all around the country. You know, our our games will have, you know, anywhere from twenty to thirty thousand people at them. You're gonna see basically football games and and i and it should be that way we want people coming to our football games this is not a knock against football at all but guys when you consider the fact that this baseball program is a nationally recognized program Mm -hmm. is a program that is competing now to go to omaha we are competing for a spot here in the college world series and to represent our school when you realize that and you realize how close we actually are. Guys, the team that knocked us out won the World Series, and they blew out right. everybody. It wasn't even a close game in the World Series. You know, it, it just – when you look at that and you realize how close we actually are, there's no reason why we can't find 5,000 people every every single Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the fall or in the spring. At least 5,000. So, absolutely. And whenever you start packing the peak, that's when you start – having the money to upgrade more facilities, maybe to add more seating to respond to that and all that. And we, and we really turned this thing into something. So, Pete, I loved uh, where you were going with that. And, I, you know, I just want to take a step further and say, why not? 
why not come to the Pete if you're a Southern Miss mm-hmm. fan? We need to pack that place out because they deserve it. Amen. And guys, my can't wait. This is gonna we're gonna talk about this a lot, especially leading up to football season too. Obviously, we're changing conferences. Okay, and I can't wait to see. I guess the scope of our season in the Sun Belt. You know, I get. I, I can't wait to see what this looks like in a different conference now. Okay, uh, you know, some. First off, there's going to be some scheduling. You know, hardships there. I think for our baseball program, when you think about it, most of our midweek games just became conference games. Mm-hmm. So now what do you do? Do you schedule La Tech as a midweek game in place of Lafayette? You know, do you – instead of South Alabama, are you scheduling UAB? UAB. Like, is that what we kind of do? Or, I mean, I don't know, guys. We might see a – I wouldn't a Memphis, mind seeing a, yeah. seeing a Auburn on the schedule, a Memphis on the schedule. You know, like, go ahead. Give, give us a midweeker versus LSU. You know, I mean, why not? And so – Why not? A lot of these games that we, we were scheduling beforehand are now conference games. It kind of frees us up and gives us an exciting new opportunity to either go out and get some old rivalries that we've had to come back or, you know, try to create something new with some, you know, some big schools around us. So um, right. I'm excited about that. The Sun Belt will be good for baseball for us. Uh, they had a national champion in the Sun Belt back when Coastal Carolina won it. We're all familiar with South Alabama. I'm not looking forward to that series at all. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Louisiana Lafayette, we've had a lot of heated games with them. And I don't know if you kept up with it on Twitter, guys, but we kind of sided with Lafayette going into the regional. Did anybody else, like, see that on Twitter? Uh-uh. Oh man, we had we literally had Lafayette like fan pages tweeting out about Southern Miss and Lafayette like joining sides against LSU over the weekend. Uh, <laughs> like Lafayette right. fans were they were all for us that weekend, and so you know it, it turns out when we're not bat flipping each other and booing each other, we actually <laughs> get along. You know, so <laughs> that'll be fun. Uh, Troy creates a nice close game. There'll be a good rivalry there too. So we. You know, we get some pretty exciting new baseball. Um, mm-hmm. You look at it; it was uh, it was Georgia Southern, I think, wasn't it? Southern that hosted, or was it State? It was Georgia Southern, wasn't it? I think it was Georgia Southern. Yeah, yeah, they hosted last mm-hmm. year, so there was another host site that came from the Sun Belt. And then you look at it; the team that went really, really far was Texas State. They had a shot to go, and they they got a kid that's probably going first round this year in the draft. So. There's a lot of good baseball out there in the Sun Belt. We just got in a tougher conference. So I'm excited to see what the scope of this thing looks like. Me too. We need to take some road trip. Take the everyday eagle on the road. Yes, we do. Uh, my, my can't wait are uh, there's obviously three big holes um, that we're going to have to fill. You know, your Sunday starter. Um, I, I don't know if you, you know, you give Tyler Stewart or Justin Storm or, you know, Oz has been known to take a closer and turn him into a starter. I don't know if Landon will take that role. Um, I don't know if Ben Etheridge will be healthy. Matt Adams will be healthy if they'll take that spot. 
Um, or if some of these new guys coming in that we're getting, you know, Juco transfers or, or something, you know, these redshirt freshmen that were there last year, they may be coming out. Who knows who takes that Sunday uh, or Saturday start with, with Hunter Riggins uh, gone. The second spot, obviously, um, second base with Will McGillis transferring. Uh, we wish Will all the luck. We, we love you, Will. Um, appreciate everything you did for Southern Miss. I've heard a, a few names. I think Brady Faust is an infielder. Uh, Monastere, mm-hmm. um, probably second base or pitching. I don't know what they're going to make him focus on. Um, so there, there's a big hole at second base. So I, I'm curious to see uh, what they do there. And then, of course, uh, Gabe Montenegro spot center field. Uh, mm-hmm. We got two stud outfielders coming in um, with Tate Parker and Matthew Ezel. Uh, guys, Slade Wilkes and Pato and Reese, um, they're going to have to be on their, on their game. I mean, they're going to have to be on their game. If this Tate Parker is as good as his number says he is, if this Matthew Ezel is as good as his number says he is, um, I think you're going to have a, a fight for outfield, uh, DH, um, time. Really competition just, brings out the I mean, best though. it does it does it's a good problem to have absolutely absolutely and and kind of going from that guys uh let's let's for fun create our own little lineup here what y'all think of that so uh I, i'll start if you want me to i say in the number one spot leading off you give it to dustin dickerson there's mm. some merit to that there's some merit to that. I mean, the kid gets on base with a single, a double. Um, and then I'd go Peto in the two spot. Uh, Christopher Sargent in the three or Tate Parker. Um, three and four right there. I might switch it up. I'd put Danny Lynch in the five spot. Um, Matthew Ezel or Reese Ewan in that six spot. And then Slade Wilkes in the seven. And... Um, Rounding out, you know, Brady Faust, Monastere, whoever wins that second base job, and then Blake Johnson slash Montenegro. What about y'all? What's, what do y'all what think? What you think, Pate? Well, I was kind of uh, – there was actually a few that uh, that I actually had that Chuck is the same. So I actually started off with, uh, with Dickerson as well. So – and then after that, I kind of went with uh, Wilkes. Then I went with Pato. Then the uh, uh, the swapping catchers duo between Montenegro and Johnson. Then I put in Danny Lynch, and then I put Tate Parker in there because we definitely can't uh, keep that guy out. And then I uh, uh, thought about Ewing after that, and then uh, I actually had a blank in this uh, number eight spot until I looked up uh, Easel's stats earlier. Um, coming from Panola, so I would definitely put him there, and then uh, I would finish it off with Sargent. Wow, that's a that's putting Sarge down in the, the nine spot. You putting the mm. pop at the bottom, huh? I know, yeah, yeah. To, I, that's just me trying to change things up because I really think like these. Uh, I really think when it comes to the home run hitters, because we've got quite a few in there. Mm-hmm. I really like to see like a couple of guys, you know, try to get on base and then the home run hitters kind of uh, get one out of there. If you, that's probably what you, if you saw in my lineup, it's two, uh, two guys that can get on base and then a 
home run, two guys on home run. You know, that's kind of what I was thinking about. I, I got you. I got you. I got you. Well, mine, I went, uh, we all three picked Dickerson as the leadoff. I got Dustin Dickerson okay. playing shortstop, leading off. I put Tate Parker in at center field playing uh, and batting second. That's second. Yeah, Parker, mm-hmm. he's got a good, he's got an interesting power speed duo there, and he had he a does. really good, uh, he had a really good batting average when he was in JUCO. Again, it's JUCO ball. You never really know what you're going to get, but I'm going to be optimistic right. here and say, I hope he is the, right. say, I, I say hope. I think he could be the uh, air replacement to Montenegro out there in center field. So I put Tate Parker mm-hmm. in second. I put Peyto at third. I think a lot of y'all did something similar to that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Peyto led off a lot. You know, you I could see Barry just putting him back at leadoff. He is a great hitter. I just think. I, yeah, I I'd had Peyto down to leadoff, and I scratched it out and put Dickerson. His pop mm-hmm. is just—he's got so much pop. I like him back there at three. Mm-hmm. He profiles as a three-hole hitter to me. Uh, and he's a mm-hmm. left fielder. I put Sarge at four, playing first base. Danny Lynch at third base, play, uh, batting fifth. Wilkes DH and batting six. I got Reese Ewing playing right field, batting seven. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I've got Blake Johnson batting eighth or um, Rodrigo. Uh, now I put Brady Faust in the nine hole, uh, playing second base. Um, Again, you mentioned the holes we have to fill here. Um, you know, Tate Parker certainly helps at center field. I don't know much mm-hmm. about Ezel yet. I need to go look up more about him. Um, so, but I do know I've looked up some stuff on Parker. I know we've got a transfer at catcher coming in. Yeah. Uh, Crawford from Alabama is coming in. Yeah. Again, mm-hmm. I – this wasn't a knock on him. It was just a belief in Johnson. But either way, you know, whoever that catcher is, I could see them batting in the eight hole right there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard rumors about a second base transfer coming in. That's really exciting. Yeah. I but don't it, really want to say it on the show. We won't <laughs> say it. We won't say I, it. But I don't want to jinx it. Plus, I don't yeah. know how. He's coming for a visit this week, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know how much yeah. truth is to everything, but I certainly <laughs> would be very happy if I heard his name come across as a transfer. Uh, Creek Robertson's an interesting one to me. He, uh, I saw him play some in like the preseason um, scrimmages against against ourselves, and he's a he's an interesting one for me. I. He was tough to get out. He and Brady Faust both had really good scrimmages before the season started. They were both tough to get out. So I could definitely see those two competing for second base unless we get a transfer coming in. Mm-hmm. And so um, after those two, and we'd be fine with either one of those, I think. After all that, you go to the pitching rotation. I've got Hall on Friday, Hurston on Saturday. Uh, wishful thinking. I'm hoping to go to the good Lord that I get to see him pitch again in a gold eagle uniform. So, <laughs> you know, uh, and then, uh, on Sunday, I put Landon Harper. I think he's okay. the guy. I think it's, I think he's pitched, he pitched 62 pitches against, uh, Old Dominion. He's, mm-hmm. he I think he was a starter in Juco too, if I remember that correctly. I, I think he did start some mm-hmm. games. Yeah. And so I could, I don't know. I just see Harper. It's kind of our thing to take a closer and move him into the 
into the Sunday spot in the rotation. So I'm going Landon Harper as the Sunday guy. I think Matt Adams hangs on to midweek. I think Ben kind of found his uh, groove being a middle reliever last year a little Mm -hmm. bit. I don't see them really messing with that unless they need to with Ben. Um, I think our closer is Garrett Ramsey going into next year. Mm -hmm. And that's, again, this is all speculating. We haven't seen who's going in the draft. Right. Uh, you know, um, at this point, there's the, still still three or uh, two or three days left in the transfer portal to enter that. So. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if like a Dalton Rogers or somebody like that got drafted, or even Landon Harper gets drafted. It right. wouldn't surprise me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so all this is kind of we're speculating, which is kind of what we're supposed to do right now. But mm-hmm. we're speculating here um, for fun. Just for fun, yeah. yeah. I mean, the wizard knows more than I do. And Amen. The coach <laughs> of the does. year who wins 40 games a, a yeah. year, I'm not going to question him. So, right. you know, it is what it is. I'm just so – this is just fun to think about. Like, what if I was in their shoes, you know? And so, yeah, it's just kind of fun to think about. Um, hey, guys, I don't know if y'all realize, but uh, both uh, transfers, Tate Parker and Ezel, were players of the year for their uh their division. You know, uh Tay Parker got player of the year for JUCO and uh Ezel got player of the year for I think it was region fourteen or whatever it is they, they play in. Um mm-hmm. so these are some studs coming in. So if their numbers transfer over to division one, we're gonna we're gonna do well. I'm ex- I'm ex- I wish it, I kind of and I don't want to wish away time, but I kind of wish it was February 2023 already. <laughs> you and me both. I kind of uh, and I, I kind of wish I had looked this up beforehand, but I keep hearing from a lot of people that there's a really impressive kid coming in from Northwest Rankin. I think he's a middle infielder, so that'll be interesting okay. to see what he does too. So again, guys, it's. It's fun to speculate right now. Uh, again, there's could be transfers coming in, could be transfers going out. Hopefully, there's right. more coming in than going out. Uh, right. You know, and right. it could be the people leaving for the drive. You know, it's all speculative now. But if I were given the roster we have right now, that's the lineup I would put out there. I see. Me too. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, I think that's a a, a wrap on on baseball. Um, it's been a fun year. Thanks for being uh, coming along for the ride with us. We can't wait to dive into a full year next year. Um, but we got some football stories coming up. We got some more Where Are They Now's coming up. Um, so you definitely don't want to miss an episode. Try to stay tuned. Um, any final words, Lane or Pate? Oh, man, it's been a fun baseball season. And y'all know I love football, so I'm looking mm. forward to uh... – I'm looking forward to, you know, doing the weekly show with football, talking about Absolutely. stuff, bringing in fans. Remember, guys, let us know if you want to come on the show, um, you know, and, and we'll see what we can do. But, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited about getting football season going. It won't be too long, guys, before we're sitting here talking about the incoming freshmen for football we got and talking about the uh, – the scope of, con- of the Sun Belt and all that for football, yeah. we, we're only a few weeks away from that. So we're getting close. So it's it signing off for a few minutes. 68 days? Yeah. Yeah. 68 days. So we're ready. 
Until then, though, we will miss Pete Taylor Park, and we, we will, will be back the second the uh-huh. gates open. You'll be in my heart. <laughs> Cue <laughs> happy music. <laughs> Everybody should crop that out there, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Don't crop it out, Pete. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll see. All right, guys. Well, it's been a fun year. We'll uh, catch you next week on Everyday Eagles Podcast. Uh, we love you all. Stay safe. Special thanks to Lane and Pate uh, for all their hard work. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. For Southern Miss fans, by Southern Miss fans. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit EverydayEaglesPodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Everyday Eagles Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. Shut up!